To the unique dog experience. Today's segment is the science of canine behavior. To best illustrate the science of canine behavior, we're going to share a podcast called Dog Dish with Deborah, featuring premier dog trainer Deborah Rosen of Good Citizen Dog. To learn more about Deborah and her positive reward based training, visit goodcitizendog.com. That's goodcitizendog.com. Now let's turn to the podcast, Dog Dish with Deborah. I'm Deborah Rosen. For the past 15 years as founder and owner of Good Citizen Dog, I've been helping people by educating them about the science of canine behavior. What I'm going to do is help you create peaceful living with your dog. Hi, I'm Dina, and I'm producing Dog Dish with Deborah. I'm here to help Deborah give you everything you need to have for peaceful living with your dog. Hey, Dina. Hey, Deborah. How's it going today? Good. How are you? Good, good. Good. Hey, you know what? You're listening to Dog Dish with Deborah. Yes. So what are we going to talk about today, Dee? I understand you have an interesting case that you've been I dealing do, with. I do, Dina. I do. I have an interesting dog and dog owner that I started working with, and the 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 dog's name is Sinjin, and he's a five-year-old German Shepherd dog, and he has a bite history. Ruh row. Yeah. Mm. What is his bite history? His bite history is that as a puppy, his owner, who is a Washington State Sheriff, went to his buddies in the canine unit and said, hey guys, how do I train this dog? Because I really don't know what to do and how to do it. And so they gave him the advice of doing dominance training with this dog, which is how they train police dogs. They still use very old fashioned techniques using all kinds of coercive and aversive techniques to, to train dogs to do what they need them to do. And, and these are protection dogs, and they're trained to attack when needed and do all kinds of things that involve trained aggression, which as a companion dog, you, you really don't need to do that. That's very true. I was going to say in the world of positive reward-based training, we seem to get a lot of the results that we're looking for in short order just as well, if not even better. Absolutely. And and I'm a huge fan and supporter of using as much positive reinforcement as you possibly can, especially with a large breed dog that is genetically is already predisposed to doing what we call guarding or resource guarding. We don't need to instill more of that kind of behavior in it. It's already inherent in in that breed. So tell us what happened when you went to the house to get started on this particular case. I went to this house. In fact, I actually met the dog first at the facility. The dog was very, very anxious, which is why we decided to move it to their home. But when I got to the home, you could tell that he was in guard mode. So what I often do is I tell the owner to meet me outside with the dog, and then I precede the dog into the house. That's one thing that trainers need to think about so that they don't get hurt. 
hurt. You want to establish your territory by moving into the house very slowly and very carefully in front of or before the dog comes in. Is that giving the dog a basic clue that you're okay to be entering the house? I'm already there. So that will tell the dog that I have reason to be there. Even if you've never been to the house before and the dog has lived there for quite a while. That's right. Interesting. That's right. Very small little interaction is a very big step for you in training with this particular totally it really really is and and it shocks people to hear about it because it's such a small thing but it makes a huge difference once i get there then you know and i do these things and i i tell my my folks who i train as franchisees to do the same so that it helps them stay safe you want to be very careful not to do certain things that will upset or trigger the dog's behavior that you're trying to address and one of those things is you don't look at the dog directly in the eyes when you're first meeting him in his own house or in her own house. You want to be very respectful. So I don't give them direct eye contact. I don't face them directly or squarely. And I start very, very gently, quietly speaking to them. I also don't bend over them. I don't dare touch them or pat them on the head. So these are some of the very basic tenets that I try to help both dog owners and new dog trainers understand so that they don't make mistakes and get injured. Before we end, I think it's really important, folks, to understand how you establish a treatment program for a dog of this nature. And so what I'm doing with this dog is establishing a sense of well-being, a sense of trust. Uh, I'm helping to calm him. He's very anxious all the time. And I'm doing our Zen exercises, Dina. I love that. And why don't you just get into the Zen a little bit with folks on this particular podcast, and then we can delve into that more later. Right. I think that would be a great place to end. Mm -hmm. So folks, the thing you want to do with dogs, I mean, eye contact between dogs and, and other dogs, especially when they're first meeting, is really counterintuitive to them. They don't look each other directly in the eye. They circle and they sniff. Which in, in human right. terms, it would be very rude, but that's the accepted norm of ritualized behavior between dogs. To go up to a dog and look at it directly in the eye would not be the thing to do. So once I established a certain sense of well-being with this dog, whose name is Sinjin, I then started doing some of our Zen exercises, which have to do with eye contact initially. I mean, they're very, there are many layers of application to our Zen techniques, but the very basic one is to establish a sense of well-being and to establish the the attention and focus that many people feel is really lacking between them and their dog. You know, that's one of the reasons why I think it's so important to do the puppy class. You get a lot of that same behavior. You understand it. And you start from the very beginning. Exactly. And then the level of understanding is somewhat equal and then you can grow together. So folks, when you do get a rescue dog and you do have to go into something. Or you get a a brand new puppy. Or you get a brand new puppy. But in, in a dog, like you were saying, that's more established, that's already five, that's already ingrained these behaviors, the work is a lot harder but not necessarily different. Yeah. So when we say you can't necessarily train an old dog, new tricks, you can, it just takes longer. It takes longer. That's right. Folks, tune in for our next podcast because we're going to go into some of the specifics about the Zen techniques. Really is the program that our good citizen dog trainers use that help to establish the kind of attention focus and ultimately the kind of control that will give you a sense of well-being with your pet dogs. Thank you for listening to Dog Dish with Deborah, a division of Zen Dog Network. For all things Dog Dish, please visit goodcitizendog.com. That's goodcitizendog.com.
Thank you for tuning in to the Unique Dog Experience. For all things Unique Dogs, visit uniquedogs.com. That's U-N-E-E-K-D-O-G-S.com. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and our podcast is available on iTunes, YouTube, and SoundCloud.